Hey, Passionate Life Church. My name is Tyler Baroni. I'm the youth director here. Welcome to day five of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, depending on what you're fasting right now, it's it's probably getting pretty challenging. I know for me, if you you know if you're giving up meats and sweets and you're doing the Daniel fast, I am missing my cookies and milk right now. I can't express that to you enough. My Oreos at night. Are, uh, have to, had to be removed from the house, so I wouldn't eat them. But keep going. You're doing great. I just wanted to open us in prayer real quick, and then we'll jump into one of our core values, which is love. God, thank you so much for uh, just an amazing start to the fast, Lord. Everything that's gone on, all the breakthrough that we've seen, and for the breakthrough that we haven't seen yet, God. We know that you are a God who's in control, and you're a God who wants to bless us. And we love you so much. We pray that you would just let us uh, continue to draw near to your heart and to your spirit. In your name, amen. Amen. Alrighty. Well, like I said, I, I have the last core value here at Passionate Life Church to talk about. I know you heard from Pastor Lismar and Pastor Ben uh, about being empowered and being refreshed. And I'm excited to talk to you about love and being loved. And, and I want to open up with a story in the Bible in Luke 29. I'm sorry, Luke 10, 29. Apologize. If you've got your Bibles, if you could turn to Luke 10, 29, I'm reading out of the message version. It's just one of my favorite, uh, favorite versions of the Bible. It's so easy to understand. It's so easy to uh, just really put into uh, my life practically. So Luke 10, verse 25 here, it says, Just then a religion scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? He answered, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? He said that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence, and that you love your neighbor as well as you do yourself. Good answer, said Jesus. Do it and you'll live. Looking for a loophole. He asked, and just how would you define neighbor? That's another reason I love the message. It just puts it into such a, a context where you're like, okay, I understand not only the words that are being spoken, I really can get a, a look into the context of what this guy's trying to do, kind of being a little snarky. As we read in here, it says, in verse 30, it says, Jesus answered by telling a story. There was once a man traveling to, from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road, but when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite religious man showed up. He also avoided the injured man. And so what you have to understand is that Jesus is speaking directly to these people. So these people were the religious head honchos of their day. So he, when he's saying a Levite and a priest, he's speaking right to these people and, and really who these people aspire to be. And in verse 33, it says, A Samaritan traveling the road came on him. We'll pause right there for a second. The Samaritans were looked at as, uh, as enemies, people that were despised by Jewish leaders, by you know, people who uh, you know, were uh, you know, so close to uh, the law. They, were, they looked at the Samaritans almost like dogs, like they were not human. So he, he brings in a Samaritan here just to kind of you know, emphasize this point. It says, when he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill, and I'll pay you on my way back. 
What do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religion, religious scholar replied. Jesus said, go and do the same. And, and I really just love this story because it paints a true picture, right? Because it started off with love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, your mind, your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so as we're pressing into God over these next 21 days and as we're praying and as we're fasting, we're developing that love for God. But Jesus is so clear that loving your neighbor is also very important. And jumping back into the story, when we see this Levite and we see this priest walking on the side of the road, it, we, we don't really get a good look into their heart of whether or not they had compassion. And you see, there's a difference between compassion and love. I think a lot of times we can associate love with this feeling, this moment, and that's more along the lines of compassion. And we don't know whether or not they had compassion for this man, but what we do know is they didn't act out on it if they did. You see, compassion is a feeling, but love is what comes after that compassion. Love is that action that comes after that feeling that we get, that compassion, right? That stirring in our heart. See, love takes work. Love, love is commitment. You know, you, you look at the Samaritan man and he had to pick this guy up, right? He had to use his strength. He had to use his money. He had to use his efforts. He had to use his time in order to make sure that this person was taken care of. This person who was beat up, left for dead by robbers. And so if, if, you're, if you're kind of newer here to Passionate Life Church, or maybe you're listening to this and you haven't visited us yet, we want you to know that, man, if you're in this place in life where you feel like the world has left you for dead, the world has beat you up, the world has, has really taken, uh, taken you away and, and really left you uh, not knowing where to turn, you are loved here at Passionate Life Church. You are loved here and loved in the way, not loved in the way of, oh, we'll just have compassion and we'll look at you from a distance. Man, we want broken people here. We love the restoration power. We believe in the restoration power of Jesus. And in that, that, that story really paints a picture of what Jesus is saying we need to do and how we need to love. I want to read one more passage of scripture here in 1 Corinthians 13 before we close. And this is Paul's direct letter to the church of Corinth. And so he's speaking to directly to Christ's followers here. Verse 1, it says, If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If maybe you're driving and you're listening to this. Maybe you're in your office, in your home, wherever it be. If you can, look out to those mountains and just picture in your head you telling those mountains to jump and you see those things move up in the air, right? That's a pretty powerful vision and, and uh, just picture that the message paints here. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. That word bankrupt, man, what, what a, a, a great word. For me, man, I, I take, it takes me back to my childhood days of playing Monopoly with my brothers and ended up being bankrupt. And that, that's a bad feeling. If you ever played Monopoly and were bankrupt, it's like, oh, I lost. That's kind of a bummer. And, and, and I really just love the word that's used there. We're talking about everything that we do. If we do it without love, we're bankrupt. 
And then the next few verses, Paul really gives us some pointed ways that we can emulate love. We'll start here. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled hand, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first. You see, that, that, that verse there isn't always me first. When I, when I read that, it really strikes me as countercultural. Right? The love of Jesus is countercultural. Because for us, it's when we think of, uh, of America and we think of our world, everyone's out to get mine, right? right? It's about me and, and, and my wants and me, me, me. And, and, and right here, Paul is telling us that Christ's love is countercultural and that it's not about me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Hey, man, if you got two little kids like I do, you, sometimes you just feel like flying off the handle, okay? I've been there before. I've done that. I totally understand. But, man, as we draw closer to Jesus, we try to emulate his love. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So while we sinned and while we're in this this you know trap of, of sin and this downward spiral, Christ died died for us. And the Bible also says that there's no greater love than this, that, that a man would lay down his life for another. And so really what, it's, what we're saying there is while we were yet sinners, Christ loved us more than we could ever imagine. Love doesn't revel when others grovel. Love takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. That's even more emphasis on love being a commitment, love being a process, love being something that you have to work at, that you have to put effort in, you have to put energy towards. And as we wrap up the, the chapter here, Paul is talking about when, we, uh, when he says completeness, he says, but for right now until that completeness, when he says completeness, what he's talking about is when we're with Jesus. And when we, whether it be death, whether it be rapture, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, when we're with Jesus, this is the completeness he's talking about. We have three things to do to lead us towards that consummation. Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly. And the best of the three is love. So I just want to encourage you today as you continue to press into God's love for your heart. I mean, maybe you're listening to this and you feel like that person who's been left for dead, that feel like that person who's been hurting and broken. Just know that here at Passionate Life Church, we love you and we love you enough to not let you stay there. You see that good Samaritan could have walked by and had compassion and just said, all right, love you, brother, and walked on by. But he had enough love for him to not let him stay where he was at. We love you and we care about you here at Passionate Life Church. And for the rest of us, man, I would just encourage you to continue to love your neighbor. Continue to love your family, your boss, your coworker, the people that wrong you. That's what we're called to do. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your love. God, for your love that you showed to us when we were the most undeserving. God, for staying committed to us even when we, when we mess up, when we fail, when we wrong you. Lord, we thank you for that love. And as we press into your heart and as we press into your, your spirit and understand who you are over these next 21 days and beyond, let us continue to emulate Christ's love to others. Let us continue to not think of ourselves first, 
and to love people enough to not let them stay where they're at. We thank you, Jesus. We love you. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in today. You're doing great on the fast. Keep going. We'll be with you tomorrow.